0: lead others, and never surrender.
1: It is time to begin Seeking Excellence. All right, everybody, welcome to the Seeking Excellence podcast. This is your boy, Nathan Crankfield. I'm joined by my new friend, Lindsay Fullerman today. Lindsay, how are you?
2: Hi Nathan, I'm
1: doing well. How are you? Awesome. I'm doing really well. I'm doing really well. I'm about half a cup of coffee in, so I feel like I, you know, some of this enthusiasm we got right now is a little manufactured, but we're uh we're pushing through, you know, <laughs> we're pushing through and we're making it happen. So, uh very excited to talk with you today um, about fitness and, and Fit from Faith and all the great work that you're doing in the church and just to talk more about your life story, which is pretty powerful and incredible as well. So, I think it'd be a great place to kick it off. If you would just kind of introduce yourself, tell us a little about your life um, and who you are.
2: Sure. I'd love to. Uh, I want to welcome everyone who's tuning in and, and listening. Um, my name is Lindsay Fullerman and I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. And I have a mission called Fit from Faith, uh, which is a Catholic health and wellness program. And the Fit from Faith uh, program really stemmed from my wounds and my experience. Um, When I was a young girl, I struggled pretty uh, severely with um, just body image issues, low self-esteem, and I had two eating disorders um, when I was young, and that carried and traveled with me throughout college. And I turned to the church for help when I was at rock bottom, and I said, I'm at rock bottom, I need help. Where can I, what's the Catholic resource that I can look to, to teach me how to eat and how to move and how to get healthy and balanced? And the priest that I was talking to at the time said that there that there was no resource for Catholics to really educate on this. And when I left his office, I felt really anointed by the Holy Spirit at that time to begin my own healing journey and to create some type of resource for the church that people could use and, and look to, to really help them become balanced. Um, I I really felt if I was struggling, there were probably many other people out there, men and women who are struggling in the same way that I was.
1: That's awesome. I love that. And I think it's really important for people to recognize that, um, you know, your willingness to see that you weren't the only one struggling that way. You know, I feel like so often the devil is really good at getting us to believe that we are, you know, and getting us to kind of fall into this facade of like, you're the only person who's struggling like this. You're the only person who's uh you know ever dealt with this and like there's a lot of shame that can come along with that i think but recognizing that uh well first of all that you're not the only one struggling with that but then two uh, what i love about your story too is that um i've always tried to take this approach myself of like you see a need uh you know father mike puts it in the way of like see a need fill a need right like you see there's this hole in the church this thing that's non-existent so why don't you just do it you know like be the person who can 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 fill that gap for the world
2: yeah amen I always believe that it's through our wounds, but that's how the Lord really wants to use us the most. And it's really all re- to ultimately give glory to God. And so just as humans, we all struggle with very similar foundational things, you know, when it comes to, you know, our identity, um, our health, there's all, we all struggle with very similar things. And so we're united in that. Um, and I think when we sh- can share in that woundedness with each other, it helps to foster community. Um, and it really helps us to heal
1: right yeah oh a hundred percent yeah I think there's so there's almost something magical of having people you struggle with and you see that with like aA programs and all other types of issues add- people batting any type of addiction or, or any type of struggle oftentimes um even in the secular world, like it's recognized just as reality that like you need other people to help overcome these issues and challenges
2: right. yes, one of the things that I recognized early on in Um, my, my career, I started off, um, working as a strength and conditioning coach for an all girls high school. And I was doing a lot of personal training on the side and it seemed I could always help people to get in shape and to lose weight. But there was always this one common theme that people would return months later because the weight had come back on, um, Mm. or they weren't able to keep up with their workout regimen. And so there was really this drive in me that was asking that question of what needs to change. And I realized that it was the root behavior um, in the way that we approach food and the way that we approach training that really prohibited people from creating lasting change. And so that's really what drove me to create Fit from Faith was this desire to help people look at the root of the, their issues that may surround food or their body or working out, and to really look at what needs to be healed um, because it's, the same cycles will continue to appear, the same patterns will continue to um, evolve, You know, regardless of how much weight you lose or muscle you gain, if those patterns aren't looked at and if the roots aren't dug up, then long-lasting change won't happen. And so that's just something that really drove me um, to really help people, you know, get comfortable with their wounds around diet and exercise to really look at it as what they could live fully alive and thrive, you know, as the body of Christ.
1: Right. Yeah, that's awesome. And I know you had obviously an incredible journey with that yourself. And I'd love for you to share a little bit more about, you know, you you mentioned having the the eating disorders, um, but, and then you went on to kind of go on to like live in these extremes, you know, and, and really developed yourself in fitness, like your fitness journey was pretty strong. And it's interesting to me, you know, when we spoke before about how it really paralleled your faith journey as well and your conversion. So can you tell us a little bit about, you know, that kind of time where you were really living in extremes of like super fit and, uh, and, and eating a lot, you know, in in times (laughs) where you didn't have to be.
2: Yeah. So I was living in extremes for so long of my life. Um, for me, it was either I was anorexic or I was binge eating. Uh, so I worked as um, a fitness model, you know, on the side, um, part-time work. And I was always either striving, you know, for the, the perfect image the perfect body. And I did that through basically starving my body, you know, just to get ready for a photo shoot or a competition. And I would eat hardly anything. And so my energy level suffered. My mood changed, my sleep was affected, my relationships were impacted. Um, And then it seemed, you know, I could achieve what I wanted to achieve from a physical standpoint. But then my body was so malnourished, I would binge and put on maybe 40 pounds after a photo shoot or a show. And so this pendulum swing happened for probably about seven or eight years of my life. It was a very like deadly cycle. Um, but was, what was interesting about that is it also uh, paralleled my spiritual life. And so it seemed when I was in desolation, you know, I would run from the Lord, I would shut down, I would stop praying, I would stop going to mass, you know, and then when I was or else I would overindulge, you know, where when I was in consolation and on this high, the love receiving the love of the Lord and, and in a joyful state, I would be at mass every day in adoration every day. And so right. it would be two extremes which we are not called to live as catholics you know we're really called to live in this middle ground um saint thomas aquinas you know calls it beatitude this flourishing this happiness that's where we're going to find true peace is living in this middle ground um, not living in these extremes of too little or too much and so those extremes can really impact us not just you know physically but emotionally and spiritually as well
1: right Yeah, no, it's incredible. And I think, you know, you can really see kind of in that story of almost kind of being blown by the wind, either by, you know, your schedule for when it comes to fitness and then just kind of consolation, desolation when it came to like the movement of the Holy Spirit in your life. And so you really, it's interesting to think that you were somebody who probably seemed to so many people, especially at your photo shoots or people just that knew you, you know, when you were kind of peaking physically, uh, that you seemed like somebody who had like incredible discipline you know, but at the same time, we're kind of struggling with this, you know, kind of going in and out of really being disciplined only when you either felt moved to be or, uh, you know, had to be. But what was kind of like, how do you kind of look back at what was the root cause of that slash? Like, what was your motivation to, um, you know, push yourself so hard physically when when the time demanded for it? Cause it obviously takes mm. a lot, a lot to do that, <laughs> you know, to get to that level. Yes, not even, yeah.
2: it does. It takes a lot. Um, it's interesting too. We, the way things might appear on the outside, you know, people might right. think, Oh, that person has it all together. She's so fit. How does she discipline herself? How does she make that happen? But on the inside, we never really know what, what's going on in someone's heart and what people are struggling with. Um, and so I, I always encourage people in fitness to take a, a real, like, fit from faith is very much rooted in mind, body, spirit. You know, we don't just focus on the physical, but for me pushing myself, um, at that time, it was really driven by validation from the outside world. Um, and so I had to really do a lot of work and healing and looking at like, what are those wounds in my heart? Where does that come from? You know, I wanted that, that praise and that validation from the outside world. So if if I could just be fit enough, you know, then people will like me you know, then I'll right. be successful. If I just have that perfect body, then I'll be well-received by people. And so I had to do a lot of healing with my identity um, and also really learn the, the true love of the father, like who God really is and, and really going to him as my source um, for my identity, for that praise, for that validation. Um, and so for me, it was a very disordered desire mm. um, for fitness It was not ordered rightly, and this was probably about 12 years ago, Um, and and that was a big bulk of my journey, was this disordered desire to have the perfect image, the perfect body. Um, It wasn't rooted in solid foundation. It wasn't rooted in truth. It was really much rooted in a a worldly view of of success, a worldly view of of praise and and glory. And so it took a lot Mm. of healing that had to be done. I really had to meet the Lord in that place, in that disordered place, uh, so that he could heal it.
1: Right. Yeah. It's such a difficult thing too, you know, cause when you encourage people as I often do with the entire entirety of this podcast, so like pursue excellence, right. To seek excellence in all these different areas. And, um, it's hard to not fall into that trap, right. To be like, what is the drive of why are you doing this? Right. Like what is the sole motivator or the core motivator for behind what you do? And that's why I constantly try to stress, you know, the spiritual pillar is the most important. We're doing this to be good stewards of the things God entrusted us to, but it is still so easy. You know, like the people, it's not just fitness. Like your, your journey is, is obviously, um, focused a lot of, a lot of it's focused in fitness, but I knew guys in the army who killed themselves for their career for, for validation from outside people. You know, you have people who seek and pursue money and the love of money for validation from outside people. There's all these different or, or certain relationships, right? And they, they get into bad friendships and toxic friendships because they want this kind of social prestige and things like that. Um, we well, see a lot of people caving in, this, in the social pillar when it comes to the pro-life movement or whatever it might be. A lot of priests even do this to look better to the world and you know what I mean? To kind of be elevated in um, the mind of a lot of people. And so it's, it's dangerous game and it's obviously really easy for any of us to fall into that. And so I appreciate your transparency in that um, and just kind of sharing that journey, but what, what kind of, how do you, how did you kind of transition to now where you still obviously care a lot about fitness, but I assume based on the healing of things that have happened, your motivator is a little bit different. You know, what pushes you is a little bit different, but you still have the drive to, to work out this morning as you did.
2: Yeah, but it's right. I did work out before, um, I met you here on this podcast. So I, uh, you know, it's, it was this light switch that really clicked for me when I got to the point of rock bottom, I literally sat and thought to myself one day, if something doesn't change, I will still be miserable living in this cycle 20 years from now. Mm-hmm. And at that time I did not know what my vocation was. And so I thought, okay, if I'm called to be a bi- biological mother, how will my kids, how will I care for my kids living in this distorted lifestyle? Um, if I'm called to be a wife, how will I care for a spouse living with this disorder desire? you right. know, around food and and exercise? And so that was the breaking point for me. When I thought about my future, I knew I did not want to be living in the cycle of disorder with exercise, and I knew that I had to to get help. And so that's what really propelled me into uh, the healing journey, which was very challenging and difficult. But I was so determined you know, because I knew I was made for more. I knew I was made for wholeness. I don't know that I would have used that language 12 years ago, but I knew that right. there was this burning something inside of me, right? Like God has created all of us with this innate burning desire for, for wholeness and for health. Like it will always yeah. be in us. We cannot get rid of it. And so it, it's like we could stop working out. We could stop moving our bodies. We could stop eating well tomorrow because it's hard but in six months, a year from now, that desire for better health is still going to be there. We cannot right. escape it. Yeah. And so this reality sunk in of like, oh, wow, I can either choose to really work at this and it's going to be really hard or the cycle will just still continue. And so I was really determined and driven to really make that journey, um, that hard, hard healing journey. Um, which was helpful, um, to get to this point that I'm at today, which is living a very balanced lifestyle. Um, but it's, it took a lot of counseling. It took a lot of prayer and it took just a lot of of time to detach. You know, I had to detach from old ways, which was scary. And there was a lot of fear there of like, Oh my gosh, if I let go of this, I might blow up, you know, I might gain a ton of weight or, Oh my gosh, if I, if I let go of, working out seven days a week. Oh my gosh. I might not be able to see my, my abs anymore. Oh right. my gosh. Oh my gosh. What's going <laughs> to happen end of the world <laughs> at the time? Yes. So it took a lot of like looking at, man, there is something in this that needs desperately purified because this is not God. This is not truth. Um, And so, yeah, it, just to get to this point that I'm at today, it took, a lot of, of, of prayer and a lot of counseling, um, and a lot of just time with the Lord in silence and being completely honest and transparent with God about where I was at in my life.
1: Yeah. It's so important. And I think there is so much fear for a lot of people of vanity and pride. So it's so important to hear that message of, of what that can be, you know, how, how it can be on the other side of that, because I had, I, I just gave a talk Uh, about a month ago um, to a high school group, a high school group of boys. And uh, one of the, I encourage as I do in almost all of my masculinity talks, like the importance of fitness and pushing yourself physically to have mental toughness and all these other things that um, are not just exclusive to men, but I think are necessary for, for good men. And uh, one of the kids asked me that he's like, how do you like work out without like becoming vain and stuff like that? And I'm like, now that could be difficult for sure. You know? And so I think that it is a fear for a lot of people. I think there's a a solid majority of people who claim that that can be their fear, that they're like detached and they're like, okay with how they look and they don't work out because they like, it's kind of like an excuse that they use that. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't want to be too like body focused on this stuff. Like it's like, okay, you know, it doesn't mean you should never exercise, right? Like there's actual like physical health benefits to like moving your body to being stronger etc but i think it is really important for the people who i think are, it's, it's a good number of people but i still think they're in the minority of people who are genuinely afraid of that or have fallen into that before that then you know so many of us i mean myself included like i, I was in great shape in my 20s i mean i'm still i'm 28 but i was in my early 20s in the army like ranger school and stuff like i was a beast and then like getting out of the army i kind of got a little bit washed and then i tore my achilles and got super washed and now uh, I'm trying to like really inten- intentional about trying to lose weight finally. Um, and I'm down like 25 pounds from where I was in the summer, which is great, but nice. um, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. But it's still, it's still so hard. I think for people to, to realize that, um, you know, you can get to a healthy place of it where you do, you know, do it for the glory of God and not for your own.
2: Yeah. And I, um, yeah, I see that the number one thing that I, I see with men and women that I work with is. This idea of if I work out or take care of myself, it, it means that I'm vain. So we right. equate or we have equated this idea of fitness, good health, working out with vanity, which could not be farther from the truth. You know, we are actually, you know, body and soul and that cannot be separated until death. And so we are actually called, the catechism tells us this, that we are called to not on, only flourish uh, spiritually, but also bodily too. And so I can't neglect this bodily aspect of who I am because body and soul is one and it cannot be separated until death. So I'm called to flourish in both of these areas of my life. And so when we reject any part of our body, it's actually a rejection of Christ. And so we we need to be mindful of that. Like if I'm overindulging in food or overindulging in fitness, you know, or going the other way, it's, it's actually a rejection of Christ, you know? Mm. So it's just something that I find so common with men and women is this idea of, I'm not allowed to feel good about myself. I'm not allowed to take care of my body right. that it, as if it almost goes against the church's teaching, but the church actually affirms the goodness of the body um, and calls us to this bodily flourishing. And so I always encourage people to, go down and work out or to, you know, eat these foods or whatever, but pay attention to what's going on in your heart. So if you're working out and this desire comes up where you're like, Oh yeah, man, I'm looking good. I got these cuts in my shoulders. And you're starting to feel that, um, that prideful, that vain, uh, desire come up. That's the place to go for prayer. That's the Lord nudging. That's the spirit saying, open this up to me. right? Right. So I, I encourage people to make a mental note of that, right? So if it's, you know, you're doing shoulder presses and you're like, oh yeah, you can tell that your mind's starting to go to this vain place as you're looking in the mirror. The, that's the place to go um, in prayer. That's the place to, to yeah. really open up to the Lord. And that's how the desire starts to get purified. And that's how the vanity will start to become tame. And it, it, you work with the Lord through that. Um, so if we, we feel that it's vain, um, it's it's something that's going on in our hearts that has to be more opened up um, with the Lord.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's huge. And I think uh, one, one litmus test I think could be a really good one is uh, what do you wear to the gym?
2: Ah, ooh, the million you, dollar question. You
1: know, like it could be, it could be what do you wear to the gym? Because I, I've, known, I've known women in, in, the, in my life who have been extremely modest uh, except when at the gym. You know, and I'm not saying that you need to be in, in ankle skirts at the gym. I'm not a woman. And I don't really like touching the modesty <laughs> topic much. Maybe you have an opinion on this, but I just know even as a man that there's been times where I pick my, what I'm going to wear to the gym based on how I'm going to look while working out. You know what I mean? And I know that women do that too. Um, and I think that it's a great way. And as I've grown and matured and have, you know, even like start healing this second time around of trying to get in the great shape in my life. Um, because I really was just kind of in good shape between high school and college and after college in the army. Um, but this is kind of the first time of like getting out of shape and have to get back into shape. Um, I, I'm approaching it from a different way, and I'm not as focused on how my body looks as much as I am as like one of my biggest drivers one to lose weight was I was I mean I was at 250, 250 plus when I tore my Achilles. and I whether or not that was part of it, like I, I believe in my core that like that had something to do with it. You know what I mean? Like I was trying to play basketball. Like I did when I was 210 at 250, and uh, I think it was just too much for my my Achilles and calves, which I wasn't really taking care of in the first place. So um, that's a whole thing. But I think that's a good litmus test for you: is if you're, uh, you know, if you find yourself trying to to impress other people to get men or women to look at you and notice you when you're in the gym, um, then that could be obviously a huge red flag that you have some prayer and stuff that you want to work through. <laughs> you know what I mean?
2: Yes, definitely. But I do think it's important to recognize, um, especially when it comes to femininity, right? The uh, call to be a woman and um, to be modest isn't supposed to take away from our beauty. isn't? And it's not supposed to take away from our femininity. It's supposed to accent it. It's supposed to like draw it out and, and bring right. it out or bring out our beauty with the way that we dress And so I know when I go to the gym, I'm like, I want to look good for the Lord. That's truly where my heart is at nowadays. Um, and so I, it's hard for me to wear like baggy sweatshirts and baggy sweatpants because I do sweat a lot when I'm in the gym, you know, I lift hard, I lift heavy. And the last thing that I want to do is be walking around in, in sweat, you know, sweaty clothes. It's just very uncomfortable. And so it's, you know, I think, again, these, these desires get purified over time, but we aren't called to suppress and reject our beauty. Um, you know, but we also aren't called to have things hanging out, you know, if we really want to, you know, be modest, you know, in the way that we present ourselves in the gym so that it gives glory to God and for the beauty that he's, you know, given us as, as, as male and female. Um, and if, you know, it causes other people to look if that's, says more about what's going on in their heart than it does your own. So what's important yeah. is taking responsibility for how am I dressing in the gym? What is my goal here? Um, you know, like I said, for me, it's, I want to look good for the Lord in the gym. You know, I want to represent him well. And so if someone chooses to to look or to lust after that, then that's on them. That's where they need that healing um, in their life. But we don't want to run, you know, from uh, the call to, be woman, you know, or or man in the gym, and to to feel good about ourselves with the way right. that we dress.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think the the one thing I would clarify on there, maybe we, we could disagree on this, but I think that um, one thing that I think is, I'll add this to the question of what do you wear to the gym is and why do you wear it. I think you just you just gave me that, which is really good. But the thing that I think is always important for people because the modesty debate can be so difficult um and i'm not i'm not like a puritan on this it was just, i feel like this is how i sound but um the one thing i think i just would add to that is that there's 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 a lot in between a girl just wearing a sports bra and a dude wearing a, a shirt that like literally looks like there's nothing on it you know what i mean like the dudes who like cut their t-shirts and like literally yes. like, both pecs are out you know to be I mean? like exposed <laughs> it's like okay dude, there's a lot of skin showing there's there's a lot in between those extremes and then like me wearing a triple X t-shirt or a sweatshirt every time I work out and you, you know what I mean? Like wearing really loose pants and really loose sweatshirt or whatever it might be. And so that's the only thing I would say is that I think there's a balance. I definitely agree that some people have, and men have responsibility to, to discipline our eyes and to not lust after women in the gym or elsewhere, but there is a balance. I would say as a Catholic person too, to both try to glorify God and look good for God in the gym and to be reasonable within that. So I just don't want that to be misinterpreted. And I don't think that would be your intent that you're like, yeah, that was, if that's what makes you feel good, you know, like just rock the, 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 uh, sports bra and booty shorts, you know what I mean? Like I think that, that some people take that, I think mindset to the extreme and are just like, yeah, whatever makes you feel good, you wear. And there is a, a limit of reason, I think within that, um, for both sexes you know what i mean that we have to to try to balance that you know because i still wear you know i'm not even though i I wear less cutoffs and stuff i did before i still wear like large t-shirts and still like the way that i look when i'm working out it's just that um it's a little bit less focused on trying to look good for the sake of other people as it used to be for me and this Mm. was something that i might even return to in the future but as i realized i was kind of becoming more vain in my exercising, then I had to, to kind of pull it back, you know? So I think that could be another thing too, for people is if you are somebody that you know that you're, you're, you're kind of lying to yourself and you're trying to look good for other people and not for the Lord and not trying to honor God through your body, then maybe you do kind of take the L and, and wear looser clothing for a bit, you know what I mean? To kind of discipline yourself in the other way as you're working through and trying to heal.
2: Mm, yes. I think that's interesting insight. Uh, there is necessary time to kind of retract back, mm-hmm. you know, in order to build up that discipline, um, to really grow in, in the virtuous life there. I think it comes down too, to freedom, right? How do I use my freedom rightly? Right. And as uh, in the world, in the secular world, we see that freedom is extremely misused. You know, it's freedom is right. this idea of I do what I want when I want, and I wear what I want in the way that I want to wear it which is not the true Catholic definition of freedom. The the true Catholic definition of freedom is I'm going to choose that, which, you know, is going to lead to my flourishing, even if it's hard. And so it's like, how am I using my freedom with how I dress? You know, is it more of this? I'm going to do what I want because it makes me feel good. Or is what I'm wearing actually leading to my flourishing? You know, Mm. is it leading to my thriving? Does that make sense for you?
1: Yeah, no, I 100% agree with that. And I think that, you know, kind of going back to like reverting to the mean and trying to find the the virtue in the mean there is it's very similar to like chastity within a relationship or budgeting. If you're like financially really loose spender, right? Like you might have to discipline yourself. Like I just did a podcast on financial excellence and talked about budgeting and kind of using like the cash method. And uh, like my philosophy on credit cards is that if you are a reckless spender of credit cards, then you need to stop using them for a time. I don't think that they're personally, I know like Dave Ramsey's like no credit cards ever. I personally yeah. think that like, there's a time and a place for them. But um, if if you, if you prove that you can't do it, then, then you don't do it. You know what I mean? Like, it's like the Lord says, then it kind of goes back to scripture of, you know, if your eye or your hand causes you to sin, like pluck it out or cut it off. Like, that's how we have to treat these things, like clothes that we wear or spending habits or um, chastity within a relationship, right? Like if you and your significant other can't be alone in a room or if like kissing leads to more always, then like maybe you need to like be a lot more intentional, a lot more disciplined in those areas that for a lot of people might be okay, but for you might not, you know, if they constantly lead you into sin. And so I think that's, yeah, it's a, it's a good discernment place, I think, for a lot of people. And, and it's a good conversation to have to realize that because uh, it's a difficult one. You know, I, I get frustrated sometimes seeing things on Catholic Instagram when it comes to, uh, modesty because I feel like there is kind of these two extreme camps where it's like you either got to like dress like a Muslim in Taliban controlled Afghanistan uh, woman or or you can you know just wear whatever you want it's like no can there be like some type of reasonable in between where like yeah like you can still wear jeans and you can still wear things you know that a lot of women wear but at the same time like you're not gonna you know, just have all types of things, all types out, you know, because <laughs> like, like that's too much, you know, and it's like nobody wants to draw the line in any type of way to give people the ability to think and be logical. Which can be difficult, but I want to talk about, uh, you know, you, you mentioned something earlier um, when we were talking about kind of you, you made me think of this when we we're talking about like our fitness journey and like this whole like growth and modesty and things like that, too is kind of the, the subject and topic of fat shaming that exists now in the world. So I'm interested in your topic on this. You know, you see people like Lizzo and, and all these types of celebrities who are, are pretty overweight that consider anything that's like kind of health focused or health oriented to be fat shaming. And it's interesting to me, and I'm interested to you because, um, you know, you had your eating disorders and your struggle with body image and stuff in the past. Like, Part of my big motivation, truly, to like lose weight is that like I hate having a gut. You know, like I just I got to the point where I had a gut and I see people who have guts. And part of that's from the army, like the army fat shames like no other. Um, if you want to know where fat shaving is alive and well, it's in the military and somewhat rightly so, right? Like you have to be in shape to do what we're doing. Um, but yeah, I, I just kind of had this like, man, I have this gut. I hate it. I hate seeing it in the mirror. I hate like having to pull out my shirt, you know what I mean? So people don't see I have this huge belly. Um, so, like, there's almost like we, we talk about this a lot, right? Like, there can be a healthy sense of shame within certain areas of life, right? Like, if you cheat on your spouse, like, there should be shame associated with that, right? Like, there's certain mm-hmm. stigmas that are good. Uh, you're seeing a lot in the pro life movement right now. There's, I've seen a lot of posts recently that talk about abortion stigma being good. Um, or if you beat your wife, like you should have a like you should not feel good about that, right? Like certain times shame and guilt um, associated with something that's sinful can be good. Uh, but I'm interested to see like what, what is kind of your thoughts? I don't really know that I have a full stance on it, um, other than I think that the extremes of fat shaming culture or like the people who combat that are not good for society because they basically say that anything that focuses on you losing weight is negative for your self-image and therefore not good for you. So what is kind of your Mm. thoughts on that whole, that whole movement that we see kind of happening right now?
2: Oh, that's such a challenging topic. Um, I believe that when it comes to some of these, um, like fat shaming, like conversations, you know, that there's always more going on, you know, I I work in human formation and so, one of the thing, one of my favorite places or ways to approach every situation is through the lens of, of a human being. And, you know, every human being has a story. Every human being is wounded. Like none of us is getting out of this world, like unscathed from, from wounds and, and all of that. Um, and so I think that, you know, people who want to point the finger in that way of, of saying like, oh, any focus on losing weight is, you know, bad or or negative. I I think there's often more going on in that person's heart. Um, Mm. perhaps it's something that they desire, you know, it's, it's, it's triggering them. So it's an insecurity in them that is arising. Right. So that's the place that they need to go and look at, you know, I think if someone has a desire to lose weight, you know, of course we want it to be ordered rightly, It not always is, but the desire and hope is that it can be and will be purified, you know, if it's, if it's not, but, um, I think we all have to look at our own hearts. And if we find that we're triggered by the idea of someone losing weight, perhaps it's because there's something going on in us that has to be looked at. Um, so I believe that there's always more, always more, always more, um, to, to why we react the way that we react to some of these movements that we see in the world that are happening.
1: Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think there's a lot of a lot of times and circumstances where people are responding from wounds, um, and and it leads to a lot of anger and outrage, obviously. Uh, and we've all done that before, you know. And I think that that's something that's so important for people to recognize. I feel like I talk about this in every topic that I discuss. It's just like the need for us as Catholics to respond to people who are hurting um, and are out, you know, um, lashing out in certain ways. To respond with compassion and to recognize our own woundedness in them, and to be like. You know, I I love, I can't remember the quote. There's some quote, I don't know if it's by a saint or by whatever, but um, I I read it recently too, which is sad, but it talks about, you know, that you can look at somebody else and and many, like, even in like some of the most, the worst evil circumstances in the world, like, um, you know, look at Nazi soldiers or, you know, criminals or whatever. And to, to be honest with yourself and say that, you know, had it not been for different circumstances in my life, my life, that might be me. You know, and I think that that it's such a humbling thing to think about um, because it's so easy and it's it's like pretty driven in church culture. I feel like over the last like 250 years, especially um, maybe it was before that. But I feel like when you think of like old church, um, you know, a lot of the, the church mentality, the, the Jesus versus religion that a lot of like evangelical and non-denoms are fighting against. It's that kind of judgmentalism right? Like that's what people think of when they think of old stuffy churches with old ladies who judge you for your tattoos or your haircut or your clothes that you're wearing, right? Like they're like, Mm. you shouldn't be here. Like you shouldn't like, it's just that aunt, you know, that like judges every decision of your life. Um, Like it's this humility, you know, and it's a saintly level of humility, I think to recognize even in some of the worst people, you know, had it not been for different circumstances in my life, like that might be me. And to really offer up the grace, uh or, or the credit for your life to the grace of God, you know, like it's not obviously like we're not gonna like fully preach predestination and say, like, if I were you, if I were Lindsay Fullerman, I'd be in the exact same place you are, and if you were me, I'd be you'd be in the exact same place I am. <laughs> but to just recognize, you know, that like you're a sinner, and we do that for ourselves, right? Like we it's easy to say you know, because of, you know, my background or whatever, like I abused my body or I've struggled so much with lust and, and, uh, you know, chastity and things like that. And it's, and you can blame your circumstances for yourself, but then when it comes to other people, it's very easy to be like, they're foolish. They're just stupid. They're evil, whatever, you know, which is not a great way to live.
2: Yeah. Oh, this is, I mean, it it's, uh, it's such a challenging topic, but it's so good. Um, it, for me, and I think for a lot of us, you know when we embark on the the healing journey with health and wellness, everything can be traced back to parent wounds. Um, I've done a ton of healing work in my life, and I love healing work. I continue to do the healing work. Um, but so much of um, what I did not receive from my mother as a kid was affirmation as a girl. So to me, I didn't know what healthy affirmation was. And so as I was growing up, I was inundated from like tiger beat magazines, right? (laughs) Maybe you're too young to remember tiger beat. I don't know, but he's uh... (laughs) okay. So tiger beat magazine had like a ton of like the pop icon stars, you know, Um, and just showings of concerts and images. And so I started to really learn about this idea of beauty and and what, Mm. how I wanted to look, from these magazines that I was inundated with as a kid, you know, I used to walk to CVS, the drugstore down the street, and buy these magazines, and I was just in awe of these women, right? Like their, their bodies and their ability to perform, and it was like I want that. And had I received that affirmation of my beauty and my dignity from my mother, and I love my mother, right? There's been so much healing that has been yeah. done, but had I received that affirmation from my mother, or had I Um, received that by, you know, being directed to Mary, right? I, one of the things I did not mention earlier in this podcast is just, I was, as a kid, I was raised Catholic and we would always go to mass on Sundays, but it's just sort of what we did, right? I didn't want to be there. I was obligated to be there by my parents, but I hated going. And so I didn't really have this relationship with the church or with Mary, but looking back and going through my, my healing journey, I see that had my mother affirmed me in the way that, you know, a, a mother needs to affirm her child, um, I think a lot could have been prevented early on mm. in, in terms of my disordered relationship with my body and with food and with working out. Um, or had my, had I grown up in a, in a family that truly understood uh, the, the beauty and truth and goodness of, of Mary and femininity? I think, you know, had I, have, had I received Mary, you know, at a young age, I would have, you know, my eyes would have been fixed on her to learn about my femininity and my dignity and my value and my worth. And so I can see how that mother wound really led to just disconnect for me and, and getting that validation from the outside world, you know, through pop icons and celebrities and things like that. Um, and the same is true for my, my dad with the father wound, you know, we're going deep here on this podcast. But I love it. It's, it's where
1: we like to live. <laughs> that's,
2: that's what Fit from Faith is all about, right? The, the true and yeah. truth and, and authenticity. Uh, but the same is true for my dad. Like my dad was emotionally absent. And so growing up, like I was, rece- I was not well-received as a kid. You know, I was overweight. I was picked on um, for my body. I, and then once I started to become a good athlete, in middle school and high school, I lost a bunch of weight and I started to receive all of this attention from guys in high school. You know, I was the yeah. freshman girl with interest from ton of senior guys. <laughs> and I liked that, but then there was also part of my heart that didn't like that, you know? Right. So I, I had to come to understand, um, and really like work through that, right? It was the lack of, of, uh, intimacy I was receiving from my dad, the lack of love I was in affection receiving from my dad. I was then recognizing, Oh, I lost weight. Now boys like me, this is how boys are going to like me is based on, right. My appearance on how lean I am. And so I had to go through that journey of, of healing, uh, the, the mother and father wound because it bled into, um, this disordered desire with my body and with fitness and with food. And so that really became a very transformative experience for me, you know, really learning um, about Mary, cultivating a deep, deep relationship with her and also God the Father. Um, and, and I really feel like now I'm integrated as a woman. And it's the most yeah. freeing thing. It, the word I would use is like just interior freedom and peace, deep peace that I experience, um, knowing who I am and where I'm going. Um, and it's no longer, you know, to look a certain way or, you know, for the world, it's now truly just to live and and to help people and to bring glory to God.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. And I'm, I'm curious in that, like, were you aware of how those, you know, the parental wounds were affecting you and kind of driving your behavior before going to counseling? Or was that something that, that really was kind of dug up and developed through your counseling?
2: Yeah, that was dug up um, about 12 years ago through counseling. Um, I wasn't, I didn't really know about wounds 12 years ago when I first started coming back to the church and to mass. Um, I had no idea how I was impacted emotionally by my upbringing, you know, and now that I've been doing this work for so long, I see this is just a natural part of everyone's story, right? No parent is perfect. So that's true. we, (laughs) We all, we were, we are a wounding body, you know? Um, but everything is, uh, everything can be redeemed, which is beautiful. So no, I was not aware of those wounds at all.
1: Yeah. And I think that can be one of the most beautiful parts of, uh, counseling and therapy for people is just really realizing so much. This guy is, is almost, it's not contrary to what we talked about before, but kind of goes back to, to that kind of quote about, you know, I would be you if I was in your situation in a lot of ways is that we don't recognize how much sometimes, sometimes we blame too much of our mistakes in our, uh, you know, mess of our lives now on our past or on our upbringing. Like it's easy to like put all ownership and responsibility on your parents, on your friends, on whatever happened to you in the past, which isn't good either. But a lot of times we also don't recognize that the root cause of a lot of our negative behavior today is because of that. And when you can acknowledge that and start to address it, you can start to heal from it a lot faster than you will naturally try to just, you know, push through on your own, which is really important.
2: Yeah. amen. I agree 100%. Like that's where the real long lasting change happens with, with fitness and health, you know, is by yeah. taking a look at, at these deeper things that are going on in our hearts.
1: For sure. Absolutely. So talk to me a little bit about the work you do now with seminaries and just kind of fit from faith in general We'd love to hear kind of your mission behind that, um, the work that you do with that. And then I just have some questions about like getting started for people who are trying to, you know, get, get going on their fitness journey, but yeah, first, I know I just asked you 11 questions, but (laughs) tell us more about fit from faith.
2: Yeah. So this is, oh, I love it. The Lord has used, um, my wounds as I shared in the beginning, uh, to really glorify him and in, in his kingdom, to build up a healthy body, to empower the body of Christ, to eat and, and move and live well. And so as I was falling more in love with the Lord, you know, 12 years ago, um, and left that priest's office, as I mentioned in the beginning, and I felt anointed to create this, this business, this Catholic ministry, um, entering into my own healing journey at sort of around that the same time, Um, I really wanted to know more about the person of Christ. I was falling in love with the Lord. I was finding myself in adoration and daily mass. It's like, what is going on here? I want more. I want more of this. Like, who is this Jesus person? And so I started to take classes at the seminary to work on my master's in theology. Um, And I have a bachelor's of science in exercise science. And so I really wanted to combine the two to create fit from faith to create this resource for the church. And so I started taking classes at our seminary here in Cleveland at St. Mary's seminary. It's our graduate level school. And while I was there, the, the previous human formation director, Father Damien Ference, he, he's a dear friend of mine and, and he invited me and extended the invitation um, to, to help them. He said, Hey, like our priests are, are dying young. Um, we're getting bigger. We're getting yeah. rounder. We need some help. So he extended the invitation to um, really test out my work. And so I started just building my work and working with the seminarians. And the program went through four different pilot phases. So I was, I would write and create, and then we would spend a year implementing the program, the Fit from Faith program. And the guys would give me feedback like, okay, this is working. This isn't working. And then I would take their feedback, you know, spend the summers reconstructing it. And then the next year Mm. we would do pilot phase two based on their feedback. And that was the general pattern uh, for about four and a half, five years. Um, And so that work has continued to evolve at the seminary. And so Fit from Faith does operate out of the seminary here in Cleveland. Um, And then during covid Uh, everything was shut down. So I started working from home and I felt so called to help the laity because people were on lockdown. People were, you know, gaining weight because they didn't want to get out, right? I'm sure we all kind of have, (laughs) okay, can confirm that. Just like eating and
1: drinking five days a week, you know? (laughs) Because what else is there to
2: do? Exactly,
1: yep, gyms are closed. Yeah. Yeah,
2: and so, but I really felt this call to help um, give back to the laity and I thought, well all right I might as well try to implement my work with the laity you know yeah. and so I reached out to a few of the pastors that I know here in Cleveland to see if I could run uh, the vibrant women and the vibrant Men program. so that's uh, the program for the laity. It's a 16 week program uh, to help and teach and educate people how to do some of this work we're talking about today the physical, the emotional and the spiritual how does it all link together to achieve you know these goals that we have with our health. And so I saw great success with the lady. Um, It completely rocked my world. I'm like, whoa, this is amazing. Like things are happening. Lives are being transformed. Like God is totally all about our health. Like this is awesome. You know, women and men were praying on their health for the first time ever. Um, And so it was just really beautiful to see the fruit that was coming from this experience of COVID of such, such a dark time, but there was so much fruit that was coming from it in terms of, of the mission, you know, with fit from faith. And so that's where things are at today. Um, you know, I'm still operating out of the seminary in Cleveland, helping, helping our seminarians. And then also I'm running 16 week programs for men and women called the vibrant men, uh, and the vibrant women online, Mm. uh, cohorts. So it's been really transformative experience. Um, and I do a lot of speaking, Um, engagements, and also leading and hosting various uh, wellness retreats at parishes. Um, So it's been very fruitful and very beautiful to just watch the mission start to really grow and to get off the ground. And so I'm really hoping to expand. I have clients from all over the country. It's not just, you know, um, confined to Cleveland, but the beauty of online work is that it can be, um, really the message can be, spread out to all over the world you know all over the catholic church so that's the hope is to really spread this throughout the world and build up a better church through it
1: not just in the land not just
2: in the cle the (laughs) (laughs) 330
1: love it that's awesome that's great yeah i think it's so cool i obviously love what you're doing and as i told you before like we hope that seeking excellence will be a place uh where people can find uh, the, the people who are in kind of those niches in, within the pillars, right. You know, like the, you obviously crushing the, the physical aspect of it, but also putting people in direction as, as with these other ministries are created and these other missions are created that focus not only on their specific pillar, but also tie it into the greater, you know, need for our faith and, and like who we are as people and human formation, as you talked about, you know, cause a lot of these things didn't exist. Like fit for faith wasn't around. You know, 15, 20 years ago, we didn't have these things, as you realized, right? We didn't have Catholic vote, for example, which I love and talks a lot about these social issues, but talks about them from the lens of our faith, right? And tries to approach it from a faith perspective. Um, we still don't really, at least not that I know, have that full like Catholic Dave Ramsey approach, you know, that really talks about the financial stewardship in the realm of the Catholic faith. And so I think it's, it's my hope that over our lifetimes, we'll see the, the, us and other people continue to like fill those holes, right? Fill those gaps. And we can really focus on full, well-rounded human formation um, that didn't exist 20, 50 years ago.
2: Yeah. Amen. There's such a need for it. Um, there, I, I think it's. there's a need for so much. I think there's. we can oftentimes just be um, fearful of, of what God actually puts on our hearts and calls us to do. But if he puts it on your heart, it's a desire that he's given you. So it's, we're called to use that, you know, to really give back to the church and to create change. That's how reform happens, you know, reform in the church happens. That's how Francis, you know, had enough guts to rebuild the church or to at least start rebuilding the church. You know, he had to have that courage and that faith um, to trust what the Lord was telling him. So I think it's these things that we enjoy, these passions we have, if we're good at it, if we're gifted it's, it's the Lord, you know, tapping on us to use it, to glorify him, to build up a better church. So, um, you know, obviously with, with me, it's, it's this health, this niche of, of health and wellness. Um, and, and I'm thankful, you know, that I, I took that chance, that risk, um, uh, because mm-hmm. I am amazed at how little people pray on their health, you know, priests, seminarians, la- laity, people are like, Oh, I've never talked to God about my health before. And I'm like, Oh, yeah. Try it. He he's interested in that. Not a you know, bad idea. Not a bad idea. It's not this separate thing, you know, body and soul. He wants to hear your desires for better health. Yeah, I encourage people to pray on their health.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Uh, that's a great encouragement right there. Um, and and I think what what I thought was really cool too is you talked about your beginning to work with seminarians and how uh, you know you yeah. give them things to try and then they'd be like, this worked, this didn't. I think that's something that is so needed uh you know i think of so many different ways that you could take that so many areas you could take that whether i think i'm reading a book again for the second time well i'm listening to it for the second time called range where he talks about that in career choice where we don't have enough like uh, and grit uh angela duckworth talks about this we're like it's not like we we teach people all the time like you should never quit something that you're doing but a lot of times people who are successful end up quitting all the time like because you you try something and it doesn't work and then you try something else right like you don't just ride something out forever. And I think that I've seen a lot of people in their fitness journey who are like obsessed with walking or other forms of cardio, or just might be like weightlifting and they're not getting the results that they want, right? They're not looking the way that they want. Their health's not improving the way that they want. And it's like, yeah, some people, you need to tie in some cardio. You need to tie in some uh, strength training, you know? Like you're still gonna have the physical issues if you're thin and and still really weak and trying to pick up your four-year-old grandkid um, like that could lead to some serious bodily issues for you, you know? So yeah, like, talk to me a little bit about that. Like, how do you kind of start somebody out, feel where they're at? And then what's kind of the approach of how long before you start to switch a plane? Cause obviously one week, you know, and I don't have abs yet might not be, you know, well, maybe we should switch <laughs> what you're doing. <laughs> so what's kind of the timeline on that? Yeah,
2: it's so individual. Um, I really pull fit from faith really pulls a lot from, um, the writings of John Paul II and his lens on, on the gift of the body. And so when we start, when I start coaching someone, um, my approach is very gradual You know, I've done a lot of just research in behavior change and, and what does it really take to create real lasting behavior change? And so what the culture says with fitness and health is here's the diet, go do it. And we put our blinders on and we, boom, right? We want to go get it done and produce, 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 produce results, whatever it takes. And fit from faith is the complete opposite of that. Um, It's very much this Marian posture of receptivity um, and letting the Holy Spirit guide the journey. And so I always assess the individual. So John Paul II gives us just this beautiful, um, you know, these words. I don't remember what encyclical it was in. But just how each person is this unique, unrepeatable gift, right? We're all chosen. Um, you know, we've we're, we're called by name, and so I view every client that I work with in that that approach. So what's going to work for me is not going to work for um, my sister or my coworker
0: right. or
2: whoever comes to me. And so it's really assessing someone's you know story. What have they gone through? You know, what's their dieting history like? Uh, What are the fears involved with change? What are their current habits? There's so much that goes into helping someone develop a plan. Um, So I start very small by introducing one thing at a time with people, depending on where they're at. And we work to master that over and over and over and over and over again until it becomes a part of their way of life before we implement a new thing. Um, So it's slow change, but it creates slow change from a physical perspective, but we're also doing this emotional heart work and spiritual work, you know? So it's, we're doing all of this at once, physical, emotional, and spiritual transformation. Yeah. So it's not just blinders on, go do it. So it's a slow process focusing on a little bit at a time. And so that's where I start with people is just, let's figure out where they're at that individual. Where's that person at and then implementing one thing for them to work on.
1: Yeah which is so important. And as I've told you, we're recording this in December, but probably going to release after the new year. And so many people probably by the time this come out, have already failed their new year's resolutions because they tried <laughs> to do everything at once, you know, which is pretty wild. Uh, and yeah, it's something that I just always stress. I feel like every year at new Year's, just trying to tell people, look, look, you know, don't try to do it all at once. I actually just recorded, um, with father Meyer, father Jonathan Meyer, uh, who's on our board. And he is challenging, uh, me and many others to do the uh this push-up challenge that he did this year where every day you do one more that you did the day before and you start with one and i even had friends like i brought it up to some friends recently and they were like yeah but what you just want to do like i don't want to start with one like don't you want to start with like 25 or 50 you know like who wants to do just one and father meyer talks about the importance of the discipline and the humility and in, in starting with just one but just the fact that it'll really help you when you get to the 70 to 100 range that you were doing one at a time and you didn't try to just like, you didn't get sore on your first day, right? Because it's like when you get to the soreness that it's hard, um, but if you can postpone being sore for a couple of months and you're kind of already in the habit of doing your pushups every morning, um, he just talks about how much easier it is that way, you know? Uh, but everybody wants to just, well, why don't we just do 100 every day starting January 1st? Because you won't, you'll be done by the 10th.
2: Exactly. Oh my gosh. You are speaking my language. (laughs) Yes. I see so many people that come to fit from faith and they're ready to go like hardcore six days a week of working out. Yeah, And I'm like, wait, no, 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 no. Back it up. Is that the Lord's voice? Because the reality is you will burn out, right? Give it a week, give it two weeks. As a human being, you will naturally at some point lose the motivation for that. So let's start slow and gradually work our way up. So by the time May comes around, we're still, you know, working at it. You know, the goal really is to develop, what can I do for life? Not just what can I do to just bust this out and get it done and over with? Like we want to, right, exactly. So helping people to find that balance is so important within their given like limitations and stuff, you know, like I am not a runner. Right. I love my weightlifting and cardio and I might run for like 10 minutes, you know, but I am not a long distance runner. I, (laughs) I struggle with running, you know? So why would I put myself on a long distance running plan if it's not something I enjoy? Like that's just screaming failure right off the bat. Right. So I'm really big on, um, when, when we're talking movement and exercise, really speaking to the language of the heart with what do I actually enjoy doing? Like, how can I best find God in this movement? instead of forcing someone to do something that they would, that they're not going to enjoy Because if you don't enjoy it, you're not going to stick with it.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I've always said that about my own journey. I, I feel like people have probably heard me talk about this many times now. But <laughs> I think I even told you about it. I'm like, I love, like, I find myself, right? 255 in July. And I'm like, how can I kind of get started on this journey? So I joined my gym that I belong to now after I moved here to this apartment. And I'm like, my first thing I love doing, I love bro-lifting right? Like it sucks when you're weak. It's not even fun at first. Like it's still not even fun when you like used to be cranking out, you know, a certain weight, And now you're like barely, especially with my injury now, you know, like I'm going from squatting, you know, 275, 315 for 10. And now like 135 is like, okay, dude, <laughs> we're just getting used to the weight on the shoulders. Again. That's my squat now. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, and so, yeah, so it's interesting, but I do start with the things that I like, you know, I like playing basketball. And so like, I don't want to do a ton of cardio. I don't want to go running. I don't, sometimes I'll do the stair stepper or the, um, Jacob's ladder or the row machine. But like I last night for the first time I played basketball and it's like, that's great cardio for me. I'm super out of shape. So like my heart rate's at like 180 for 45 minutes, you know, (laughs)
2: like
1: on the virtual heart attack, but it's fun. Like, and it kind of takes the, the effort out of it, right. To get my heart rate that high to burn as many calories as I did in 45 minutes last night, doing something else would be like miserable, right? Like I don't, I don't have the discipline to do it. But if you find the things that you love, it might be soccer, might be volleyball, might be swimming, right? Um, That can get you kind of involved. It's just, you start getting active and it becomes a lifestyle.
2: Yeah. And that's the thing too. We want to recognize that the the movements we enjoy, the exercises we enjoy, that's God speaking to us Mm -hmm. through those, those uh, adventures or those movements. God speaks to me through weightlifting. He speaks to me through the Stairmaster. He speaks to me through sprints. He does not speak to me through long distance running, you know? Yeah. So recognizing that God's working with us here with movement and, and health and, and not against us. God is not this drill sergeant. He's like, I demand you to go and yeah. run long distance. Right. No, God is a loving and tender father. And we want to tune into like, what is he, uh, where, How is he help participating with me in this, this movement or in this workout, you know, yeah. that I enjoy, and that's, that's where it's really at. You know, that's how it becomes a, a spiritual process, you know, it's seeing God in it and God is not this judge. He is not this drill sergeant.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's so important to recognize that and, and it's, it's, you can't, you can't steer a parked car. You know, I think it kind of goes with that too. <laughs> like you've got to start going and get that momentum. And for some people it's the opposite, right? Some people like are, are really passionate about cleaning up their diet quicker. Or, um, or or like long distance running, unlike the two of us, you know, like some people that is what, what gets them going. Um, and then once you kind of get moving, then you can start to get more motivated. And as I start to drop weight and I start to see muscles come back and then I'm inspired to like, you know, not eat that extra cupcake or not have that extra beer because I'm like, no, I'm like, I, I like where I'm heading and it's easier to start to cut some of those other things out to go to bed earlier. Right. To get up on time. Um, yeah, and it's just that's true for so many areas, right? Of your life. You know, it could be your spiritual life. Some people are really drawn to adoration, the rosary. Some people are really passionate about confession. Some people love spiritual reading. Um, some people love daily mass. Like, get started in whatever it is that is most appealing to you. And then, you know, start to, to add in some of those other things that are also really important fundamentals um, is, is really huge.
2: Amen. Yeah, it is crazy how the journey with health and wellness echoes and literally mirrors the spiritual life to a T, you know, we almost have this idea of, okay, I am going to focus for 16 weeks or however long on this plan, you know, or I'm going to do this diet, do this workout for X amount of time. What people forget to realize is we're going to be striving for better health until the day we die, because it is just this innate desire in us. So we have the rest of our lives, much like the spiritual life, we're never going to arrive at being at these like perfect spiritual beings here on earth. It's not possible. The same is true with our health. We're never going to fully arrive. There's always going to be more to shoot for with wanting to feel healthier, you know, or to have some new goal. And so it just, it mirrors the spiritual life uh, perfectly. And so we can really let the spiritual you know that idea of like we're never going to fully arrive be that same model for when we're setting out on this like journey to transform physically emotionally and spiritually there will always be more there's always more to the spiritual life there will always be more to our health journey so we really want to make sure what we're entering into with our our health journeys is something that's you know long lasting and, and going to bear a lot of fruit for us and not just this quick fix because it yeah. won't last so it's absolutely. just the, the recognition of how how they are very much um, so similar, I think, yeah. is key.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's beautiful. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lizzie. This has been uh, a great time. I'm so glad that we got to do this together and record and that you got to share some of your story and your philosophy and your mindset and the great work that you're doing now with Fit From Faith. So uh, lastly, if you have any last uh, last words that you want to share with people, last words of encouragement, um, but also just share with us where where people can find you.
2: Yeah. Um, I, well, I would encourage everyone to just, just get started, you know, and to let the Lord in to your, your, um, journey with, and your desires for what you want with your health, um, and with your body. Um, and if people want more information, they can check out the website at www.fitfromfaith.com. Um, we're getting ready actually to launch a new website, um, by the end of the year. So by the time this podcast,
1: let's go, this
2: podcast comes out. (laughs) we will have a new site launched. Uh, the current site that's up has been our, our, our baby site for the past seven years or so. And so we're ready now to kind of come out with, um, just some new branding, some new marketing, some new programming. Um, and you can find all the information, um, on the website with what we have to offer for parishes, uh, for laity, um, for priests and, and religious.
1: Wow. Right.
2: And you can always hit up Facebook and Instagram. We do have to have accounts on there as well.
1: Social media. Let's go. Yeah. I'd love to hear it. That's awesome. (laughs) That's really good. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. And so we'll be tagging all of that. We'll put your Instagram and Facebook page and all that stuff in the website um, and the show notes as well. And so, um, yeah, looking forward to it. Hopefully we'll be able to do this again sometime. This is a great conversation. So thank you so much for joining the Seeking Excellence podcast today.
2: Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Nathan. It has been a great joy. It has been wonderful to uh, to connect with you today, and I hope we can do it again in the future.
1: Amen. All right, well, everybody listening out there, thank you for for paying attention today. Hope you got something from the, today's episode. And if today was uh, powerful for you, I encourage you to share it with somebody. As with most episodes that are kind of geared like this, highly encourage you to share it with somebody who could be your accountability partner, who could be uh, you know a driving force and hold you accountable. Um, And as you try to make these life changes, because it's not just trying to change your body, your mind or your soul, you're really trying to change the person that you are and the lifestyle that you live. And so we want to encourage you in that continue to fight hard and God bless.